Welcome to the Life Coaching with Ryan podcast, episode one. Hello, fellow Piapolis of Earth. It is official. I am now a podcaster, according to Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. So welcome to the Life Coaching with Ryan podcast, episode one. Uh, we're starting our journey with Jenny Ward, who is a life coach and a teacher, uh, both in elementary school. She's a yoga teacher. She's an author. She is fantastic. Uh, and the topic for the month is words, 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 self-talk, labels, mantras, or as they show, in, show up in the show, labels, self-talk, and mantras. Uh, so uh, my conversation with her is going to get split over three episodes, and then episode four will be my wrap-up of our conversation. As you will see, uh, if you are watching the video, if you are listening, there'll be a random interruption in conversation. Uh, Jenny's cat, who is typically very shy, decided she wanted to say hello. So uh, you might you might notice that uh, in the middle of the audio, uh, that's what Jenny's talking about. She says she, she doesn't like anybody. Um, and anyway, without further ado, here's my conversation with Jenny. Right? Um, wow. <laughs> I'm glad I have notes because I'm going to need them. I'm going to need them because my brain just emptied. <laughs> It just completely emptied. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so this will be um, this will be an adventure. Yes. Everything is. <laughs> but I get to have it for my first adventure with you, so that's super yeah. fun. All right. So uh, first things first. Mm -hmm. My guest is Jenny Ward, parent, life coach, play advocate, and author of two books. You can rank those in whatever order you please. <laughs> What's most important? I'm so excited, like stupid spastic excited, hence notes so that I don't get lost. Um, to have you for my first podcast ever. Thank you. And, and it's been like years in the making because how yeah. long have we known each other? Four, Four? years? Four and a half I years. I think it's been like yeah. that long. Four lifetimes. Yeah. <laughs> At least. At least. At least. Um, and so, yeah, I'm spastically Fantastically <laughs> happy. And I'm wearing my, my Philip DeFranco shirt here. Though. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's how I feel right now. That's amazing. I'm trying to contain my body right now because I'm so sad. Um, so the topic is uh, words, words, words. Um, I was specifically thinking about all the words that pop into our heads. Yes. And so I delineated that into three categories. Labels self-talk and mantras and and your first book and i'm going to be a nerd and i'm going to hold it up even though it's totally like embarrassing for you i'm going to do it anyway <laughs> who said so creating a life outside the box so uh you really talk a lot about boxes and labels and so like if you could condense like a few takeaways you think about labels and boxes I think I think boxes serve purpose I think it, it gives us this illusionary idea that we have control over our <laughs> right I go to school I get married you know like there's this linear um, idea which I think for us keeps us in check um, it also limits people uh, yeah. and uh, I think for me I still look at good girl box um, uh. and even though I'm a woman Right. Um, I still have that good girl box inside yeah. of me that sort of transferred into good mom. Oh. So to me, they're 
Because I wrote this book before I became a mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's it's so funny how we were creative about how we switch into other good yeah. things, you know, and like what is a good mom and. You know, huh. and mom, and we're creative in how we can isolate each other. Uh, you know, you're good if you breastfeed. You're not good if you bottle right. feed. You're good if you have organic diapers. You have to make right. your own food. And I remember that internal struggle, like, God, I'm not good. Like, I can't breastfeed. I'm not a good mom. Or, you know, it's like this wow. constant um, ideal of what is good that is really actually not real right right, um, right and right. it separates people yeah and specifically at a time where i feel women need each other the most mm. we and then there you know my favorite is you know do you work outside the home or are you working inside the home right, box right, like right, one right, category right. like i'm this mom right um and it's just this idea of separating ourselves and i think we're scared um, and it's really coming from a place of not feeling adequate within yourself yeah so that's the good girl kind of exploded into good mom for me now and, and I have to keep huh. myself in check like is that true like right is that what a good mom is mm. you know and and sleep with your child don't sleep with your child right. swaddle don't swaddle I mean let it them is, cry don't let them right. cry it's like never ending ah! <laughs> and you're reading the books and you're like I want to be good you know right. and what I think is like just stop like stop yeah take a breath what feels good for you mm-hmm. you know and I think for me I always go back to breastfeeding because that actually was a huge deal for me and no one really talks about it. I wouldn't leave my house because I couldn't breastfeed. I didn't want people to see me bottle feeding my child because I was scared of being ostracized. And that was a legitimate fear, I think. And, you know, how... I still viscerally remember that feeling, and yeah. it, it, that's what I mean. Like the labels in the boxes can be so detrimental. Yeah. Um, but when I finally accepted the fact that I'm going to bottle feed, and to let go of that, I got more connected to my daughter. Mm. I was more myself, mm. which is exactly what your kids want. Right. Um, and I was more, I was more at peace. And for me, that was good. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. So it's like an yeah. interesting. I, and then the the body image piece, right. you know, like I was a ballet dancer and I had to be flat and I had to yeah. be skinny and, yeah. and now as an adult, I'm a yoga teacher and there's this image of yoga and, you know, yeah. they're all namaste and they all talk like this and they don't drink wine, they don't swear, they are like completely always wearing Lululemon, you know, and I'm like, I don't fit into that. that. That ain't you. Um, so yeah. once again, I came up with this box that I checked. Yoga teacher, check. Right. And then I'm like, uh, where do I fit in? Yeah. I tried, you know, being the very overly, no offense, but like talking really quiet and teaching classes. But I never, I always left going, that's not me. Yeah. That's not yoga to me. So it's like constantly reinventing, investigating, being curious. Um is it okay that I have boobs and, and a butt? Right. You know, is it okay that I don't wear Lululemon? Right. And just like, I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's, but it's ingrained. It's yeah. like a very, um, it's yeah. a part of the label that you're assigning. Right. You know, like you're a mom, you're this, you're a yoga right. teacher, you're this, you're an accountant, right. you're this, you have right. to like, bloop, 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 you know? and it's like, really? Is that true? Um, so yeah. yeah. That's a takeaway from my first, ep- that's where I'm evolving. Is, from, yeah. And I also want to say this. This is what I'm also learning about myself, which I always want to do. I also was a rebel. Mm-hmm. Um, and my first book was me going, I'm going to rebel, right? Yeah. And it was coming from that place. 
and none of that's bad. No, I mean it's like, but that's where I was in my evolution, right? Like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't. You know, I can love anybody. You know, and (laughs) and that was me trying to find my autonomy. You know, like I don't have to label myself gay, straight, and and now you know in my forties, yes, from Florida. In your forever thirties. Mm-hmm. In my forever twenty-one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I look at it as not as a rebellion, but as a choice. Yeah. So, and I still kind of have that little bit of like, really, you're gonna say that about me, really, you know? But it's still, I'm, I'm well enough now that it's more of coming from a centered, mm-hmm. um, where hey, you know, it's okay that I don't choose that. Yeah. It's not an anti. It's right. like. I'm not resisting it. It's just, eh, it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Does that make, it it's does. a different it quality. It makes sense. But I had to do that right. to get to exactly um, where I am today. Yeah. <laughs> hair toss, hair toss. Um, well, so my, it's so fascinating because even just in that short description, I thought of three separate related conversations <laughs> that we could go down. For example, um, Accepting where you are in your journey. Yeah. Which feels like it's a whole other podcast. Yeah. So I think we're going to have to hang out again and make that happen. <laughs> um, and then uh, reflecting on um, what it's like to be peaceful in conflict. Yes. Which is a whole other podcast. So I think we're going to have to sit down yes. and do that one too. And then I wanted to reflect on something in your in your book because you specifically talked about an experience in a yoga class. Yes. With a woman who was the classic, perfectly skinny, talking quietly. I think you're in the wrong class. This is an advanced yoga class. Why are you here? You don't look like a yoga person. Yes. And what floors me, and this may happen a lot, so be prepared for me to be giving you lots of compliments in this conversation. I'm just... <laughs> So, so I know it's going to happen, but in multiple places in your book, I'm reading you talking about your circumstance and I'm floored by how you're like, we both learned something today. Hmm. Your ability to be present in that moment. So as much as you're like rebel and fuck you and push back and everything else, there's still a part of you that was like. I'm going to be here. I'm going to live with this label and this, the discomfort of this label in this moment. Yes. I'm going to be present for it. And then not, I don't, I, in my place, in my journey, I would not be non-judgmental. Mm. I would not be in a space. I'm, I, it is part of my practice. It is right. part of my learning to be, become aware of my judgment, even just driving here through mm-hmm. downtown and having mm-hmm. drivers doing stuff that I think is just, Stupid, and like if you want no judgment, if no judgment, just stupid. No, just, just stupid. <laughs> um, and I catch myself doing that, and right, it's and it's so funny. I would not have thought about it if not for this conversation. The label of what a good driver is, yeah, or the label of what a bad driver is, which frankly, in that moment, is something I'm just applying because I'm irritated and anything that irritates me in that moment is bad, and so therefore, obviously, you are a bad driver. It's like no, actually, they're not. They're perfect. They were waiting for their turn. They were trying to parallel park in a very busy area. Yeah. It, they're trying to go somewhere too. I just am irritated that I'm five minutes late and want to hang out with you. Right. So I'm like, well, that's where the judgment, I mean, the, the labels and the, um, the boxes can limit us because most of the time we want to be good. We want to do the right thing or, or and we do judge because they're and labels and boxes create expectations. And so for me, it's always been, what is just showing me? What can I learn from this situation? Right. Um, 
And, and that kind of just destroys the box as opposed to me like taking this woman saying, you're kind of like overweight and you shouldn't be in this class, you yeah. know, and being like, <laughs> and like, ah! and I right. felt all of that. Right. But going, okay, what, what is an opportunity here for me? What's right. an, what is my opportunity? Yeah. Um, even when it feels like I, I want to retaliate, yeah. what, am, what can I learn from this situation? I think you can have your feelings and you can also be present to them, but not have them override right. the opportunity to really engage. Um, at least that's my practice yeah. and where I find we limit ourselves because you're not supposed to do that in that situation. Right. You, you were supposed to right. do you're, boom, 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 right. boom, boom, right. boom, right. you know, right. and it's like, right. And, it, there, and then you're judging, no, you're judging, and then you're in this loop of... Yeah, right, the truth is know, it's whatever. all like, it's all play. Yeah. Like we're really not supposed, nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> don't know what we're doing we like to pretend though we do but when we're invited into something i feel like we should always go for it we should always play because there's really something there and if we don't because we're afraid of judgment and we're going to be you know or i'm not being a good girl right now or that's not the yogic way it's like um yeah words blah 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 blah. words words words. yeah um so it's interesting because when i was reflecting on this uh from a perspective of, so there's the culture and society perspective yes. which is their cultural norms and where we are they exist for a reason it's so easy to judge cultural norms too as inherently bad um, and then we, fr- we forget that there's thousands of years of existing on hundreds of thousands millions of years of existing on this planet where we needed to survive, we needed to build tools, we needed to do things. And it's those things that limit us mm. um, had a purpose at yes. one point. Yes. And it's just perhaps they're not as effective anymore because society has changed, humans have changed, mm-hmm. our culture has evolved, but there are still these kind of, I'll say outdated, for lack of a better word, norms yes. that no longer serve us. We're not trying to protect ourselves from disease. We don't have a problem with underpopulation, have to make sure that we all sure that don't. everyone has to be heterosexual to survive because otherwise we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't have those same limitations. Right. And so thinking of it from a pragmatic perspective is really fascinating because it's both shorthand for conversation. I mean, how often do we use stereotype to um, make conversation faster? Mm. Right? It's kind of like, oh yeah, she had librarian glasses. Mm-hmm. Well, Almost universally, we're all going to be able to know what that is, even though not all librarians wear glasses and all librarians don't wear the same glasses. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a, a breadth and an ease of communication. That, that it, but at the same yeah. time, there's a lack of intimacy and individuality, I think, that is formed by those labels. It's like the joke about uh, kids wearing punk clothes all want to be nonconformists. So they're all being nonconformists by conforming and wearing the same outfit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, there are just these interesting ways that we... <clears throat> It's like we need touchstones. We, we, to your point earlier about there's sometimes you need someplace to launch from. Yes. So so and also something to play within. Yes. It's it's thinking about being 13 and joking about having uh, different selves. Like yes. here's myself with my parents. Here's myself with my teachers. Here's myself with my friends. Mm-hmm. And and that point in my life they were all separated and they're all different boxes I was playing in. Yes. Son friend, yes. you know, student. Yes. Uh, and then over time, and I, I think part of me is wistful at the idea of being able to have done this sooner in my life, uh, starting to see where they overlapped and ceasing to be different people in different mm-hmm. circumstances. I don't know. What do you think about all that? Well, I mean, when you were doing that, the visual... Uh, 
for me, it's it's sort of like a playground. We go to the swings and there's Josie and we have a particular relationship with Josie and, and we kind of can play a little bit bigger with Josie. And then we go to the sandbox and, you know, Mark doesn't want to share. So you have to learn conflict there with that particular mm. person. I just feel like everyone plays a, a very specific role, not to be too woo-woo or spiritual because <laughs> it, okay. it doesn't lessen the fact That's that I'm pissed here. off at Mark not sharing <laughs> and that I want to retaliate and like... Right. you know right. like right. and love her for you know it doesn't negate the emotions and the experience but I feel like right. everyone plays a, these roles in this playground and yeah eventually the, the overall goal would be I want to be authentically myself in every moment and show up and right. I feel that is an ideal place mm-hmm. do I think it's quite is it possible I do but sometimes it's just people bring out certain qualities in that sandcastle that you you really need to investigate about yourself that the other people don't and and it just you just kind of play and you bring it all together and you're like oh and it just continues to evolve yeah but it's more fun that way i don't really know who i am yet so i don't know how to bring all of me to lies Lies. Lies. I know a lot about myself, but it's not like... I want to keep learning about myself. Does that make sense? I call it dimensions of self. Yeah, yeah. So there was a circumstance when... It's like, okay, being a teacher for over a decade. Yeah, Mm -hmm. when I walked into a classroom, Mm -hmm. I did not speak to my students the way I would speak to my friends. Right. I did not speak to my students or my coworkers the way I speak to my boss. Right. There are different behaviors to enact... Mm -hmm. But where they came from mm. was consistent. Yes. So what I was learning, what I different dimensions of myself. It's mm-hmm. like when I would be angry because a student wasn't doing what I wanted, how valuable was that? Right? right? So then when I learned to not be angry, there's this tendency to overcompensate, right? And so then it's like, well, I'm never allowed to be angry. Right. Well, how valuable is that? I need right. to find a new dimension of myself where I can be present, experience my anger, but I don't have to express myself right. in an angry way. Right. And sometimes I will. Why? Because it's most valuable in that moment. Mm-hmm. Because if this student doesn't see my anger, they will not hear the message. And that's okay. Right. I'm, using, I'm consciously present and aware and have this different, well, hello, you decided to come say hi anyway. Um, yes. That there's this different kind of... It's not... Who I am is consistent. Yes. I am comfortable with who I am. How I enact that is different. Yes. Without loss of self. I think that's an integrated self, though, that knows how to do that. I mean, my hope for children is that's a life skill that they need to understand how to navigate, that you are this and that, and but you come back to the same core of of who you really are. It's coming from that place. Um, That would be my hope for children as a teacher that yes. that's what they begin to understand mm-hmm. you know at school you do this at home you do this and adaptability, adaptability and flexibility right. and understanding yourself it's not being a different person right. and acting who you are differently to suit the circumstance right. frankly there's practicality in everything yes. right there, there there's there's value in in that moment when you feel like you're supposed to get your way choosing not to get your way, not because you're lowering yourself or making yourself less than, yes. um, but because it really is practical in that moment 
to do that. You know? I have to say that she doesn't like anybody. <laughs> and she's like, I want to be interviewed. Like, it's like, wow, okay. I, I, I'm learning something about my cat. I knew I'd win you over. She's it like, just ah, was going to take some I'm time. here. Well, yeah. She's like, there's so much love happening right now. And well, I want to, like, be involved in this love. But sorry. I was thinking about, like... I can't believe I'm going to say this, but... Go for it. Uh, the Box of Happy. Mm. Um, yeah. I can't tolerate it. I feel like... Interesting. And it's funny because I teach play, but I don't right. teach play to get people to be happy. Right. I teach play because we have to remember that we have flexibility and spontaneity and we trust ourselves and that there's this inner wisdom within us. Or to heal, to know the inner child and to also know the inner adult... It, but not to be happy. And I feel like the happy box is destroying people. Yes. And I, I mean that, like, literally. Like, people mm-hmm. are, I need to be happy. I need to understand how to be happy. And they're, like, pursuing these things. And um, it's destructive. Yeah. Because then they're eliminating. Today really sucked. I felt angry. Yeah. I'm sad about this. You know, and the leading cause, I read this somewhere, the leading epidemic right now in the mental health and cancer is, is depression. Mm. Which doesn't surprise me because they're seeking the happy box Mm -hmm. and they're not getting it and so they're completely feeling like crap and it's like this wheel I just that box for me I find to be the most destructive going on right now and it's happening a lot in the spirituality realm which is like bypassing (laughs) being a human being Um, and I feel like it's just like when someone is going through pain they're like well you can just choose happiness right now because everything's a choice Fuck off. I, I want to punch that person. Fuck I actually off. don't want to choose happiness. Yeah. I feel like crap. Right. And yeah. I should feel this way. It's yeah. important. And my emotions are teaching me something in this moment. So for me to evolve and meditate it away right. is... Not honoring all of the human experience. Right. So that's right. my issue with the happy box. And I feel right. like people are seeking something that is unattainable and it's not even real. It's not real. Yeah. It's the same. Th- it goes back like to the judging yourself for judging, right? Yes. It's 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 cutting off a part of yourself. Yes. When I have a judgment, how valuable is it for me to say, you know, um, I am bad for having a judgment, as opposed to saying, oh look, there's a judgment. Yes. Oh look, I'm sad. Yes. Oh look, I'm pissed off. Yes. Oh look. What's going on with me right now? And just, it doesn't require a deep analysis. No. It just requires presence of mind and awareness. Yeah. And then suddenly when I'm like, oh, that judgment was really because I'm really nervous about this thing happening. And I just, seriously, a couple of breaths will make me feel better. Yes. And that's okay. Yes. And if I just were like, it was just was like, no, I have to be happy right now, or I have to be spiritual, yes. right? Like, beware of spiritual it's a wonderful people. Wonderful label, right? Beware of spiritual it. people because they're the angriest people on the planet because they're the ones <laughs> who are spending the most time limiting themselves, right? Yes. Um, in that, that that quotation mark spiritual label, right? Um, they're the angriest people because they are compensating for all of their anger, and it's like really again how. How valuable, how valuable is it to me to not accept that part of myself? Right. To cut, to cut myself off right. from that experience. So really, when you're talking about not liking the happy box, I'm, t- I'm with you. Especially if you think about, now, okay, this is like armchair psychology. I accept that I am talking from a place that is not 100% expertise, but I, I want to explore this idea. That about the self-esteem movement and it started in the 80s. Yes. And this process of 
constantly removing obstructions from children, removing situations where they might feel bad, removing situations where there may be, quote, unnecessary, unquote, conflict. Yes. That they never built resilience. Yes. And so there are kids who are 16 years old and they're like, I'm not happy, but there's nothing for me to be unhappy about. It's right. like, that's because you have zero resilience. Right. You have no you idea have how no, to handle it. Because what brings joy is struggle. Yes. Because what brings joy is confidence. What brings self esteem is holding yourself in high esteem, which you don't because you've never had to work for anything. And so happiness requires suffering. Yes. Happiness requires all the struggle. different complexities of life. You have I to agree. have it. So I like agree. removing that from your life doesn't actually benefit you. No, it doesn't. It, cutting it out. There is toxicity mm-hmm. and there are reasons to remove toxicity from your yeah. life. That's not what you're referring that's to. That's not though. what I'm referring to. Yeah. No, but Failing a test. That. <gasps> the teachers mm-hmm. must have not taught my kid. You need exactly. to remake. I'm, you, yep. I'm not going to. No, yep. you need. No, it's them. Work. It's not my child. Right. Right. Um, I'm going to make everything not safeguard. Not accepting responsibility. Yeah. Accountability. Not accountability. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We, we've removed so... We've padded everything. Yes. And so they, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine just last night, and she was saying, if your kid doesn't have bruises, your kid's not playing hard enough. It's very true. Like it's, There's a difference between a bruise that was unnecessary mm-hmm. because it was a result of anger or right. unnecessary conflict. It's a different one if you're just like... I'm living life and yes. I skin my knees and yes. I get bruises and I have I fall down and, and I, I get up fall down and I do these things. Yes. It's like being safe has actually made us terribly unsafe because of issues with yes. depression and anxiety because yes. everything has to be just right. And it, and it, I think it's just in my, level. um, yeah. uh, my, my next, my, the book that I just finished yes. is the, there's a chapter on over sanitizing and how we're, we're over sanitizing so much to the point where, you know, our, fe- our feelings, you can only feel this. Yeah. And I share this story, um, and it, I will always remember it because I was a newly mom, and I went to the playground because I needed to get out of the house, and I watched um, two parents with the sanitizer rubs uh. wipe down the whole play structure while their kids were sitting there waiting for them to be done. And that image was like, wow. wow. Mm. It's very significant, and mm. that's a metaphor. Right. Right. <laughs> and it, although I was like, okay, whatever you got to do. I mean, they were obviously afraid of germs. Right. Um, maybe they had something going on in their own maybe lives. Maybe they had something going on in their lives. But the whole yeah. image of that is like, that's what we are doing. We're trying to make everything stand up so no one Safe. gets germs. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's not... No one has struggle. No one has pain. No one has suffering. No one has any of these things. That are inherent to who it's we are. Dis- it's disabling, I feel, for our, our youth. So Both, I think that we also forget that we're animals. Yes. And we evolved under certain circumstances. Yes. And part of that circumstance is struggle. Yes. It's like the, the comment in the Matrix about, we tried to put you in a paradise, but your primitive primate right, right, brains right. wouldn't accept it. It's like, of course, can you imagine how like the lethargy, yeah. mental, emotional, spiritual, physical lethargy that occurs yeah. when everything is just right mm-hmm. you, part of your brain and part of your being I think we should be like I'm not learning I'm not growing I'm yeah. not there's something I'm not doing that I'm supposed to be it's doing right now too, that feel, yeah. yeah weird and here's a little preview of what's coming up next week 
Okay, transition time. <laughs> because we're going to go down some other rabbit hole and get lost forever, which we would love, but that doesn't serve the purpose that we're trying to meet right now. <laughs> um, actually, I, I, so when uh, I was talking to Aaron, my partner, uh, about what the topic was for today, I said, uh, it's words, words, words. We're talking about, you know, labels, self-talk mantra. She went, I think there's a quote by Margaret Atwood ah. about that. And uh, the quote is, a word after a word after a word is power. Mm. That's cool. So I think that's a good segue into talking about self-talk. Yes. Because we, it, to those who think about self-talk, they probably notice a lot of our conversation about labels kind of was implying things about self-talk because there's a lot about messages to ourselves. Yes. So there's a lot of power in the words that we say to ourselves. Yes. Like the show? Consider subscribing through my Patreon at patreon.com slash lifecoachingwithryan. You'll get early access to shows and potentially a host of other rewards. Want more? You can also find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lifecoachingwithryan where I play some games and I continue the conversation. I'm pretty active on Instagram. You can find me at instagram.com slash educate for the number four underscore life. That's where I do my book club. I record the book club episodes live on Mondays, and then I post them to IGTV. Later, I post them on YouTube. See you next time.